Hey everybody, welcome to the Canadian Job Search Podcast. My name is John Rubero and I will be your host. I'll be interviewing recruiters, hiring managers, and experts to help you land your next job sooner. Just a quick reminder to download your high converting resume template that's been proven to get you more job interviews at resumetemplate.canadianjobsearchacademy.com. And if this episode resonates with you, then remember to subscribe, comment, and share. Thank you and welcome to the show. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Canadian Job Search Podcast. My name is John Burrow, your host, and today we've got a very special guest in Anu Adivala. Anu is a senior people leader. She's passionate about customer service and employee success. Welcome to the podcast, Anu. Thank you so much. It's really great to be here, John. Yes, and uh, we we actually got connected through a common connection, which is, you know, I always talk about the importance of networking and, you know, the value that you find in networking. And if it wasn't for our network connection, we wouldn't be talking today, right? Like, it's it's one of those things that people just need to be aware of. And I'm so glad that you're here to talk about customer service, because I know this is an area a lot of people are pursuing today. A lot of people are trying to get back into the job market after transitioning into something new. And the customer mm-hmm. service space seems to be that space. So uh, so I'll, I'll get right into this and I'll start with my very first question. When it comes to today's job market, what is one of the things that you notice has changed? You know, John, I found that a lot of different things are changing, honestly, about the job market. The pandemic has um, caused a lot of companies to really take a good look at what it is that they need. So the jobs themselves, the job descriptions are changing, the job postings are changing, whereby there are new things being added to them. Things like, you know, health and safety, you know, where, you know, the pandemic, prior to the pandemic, every role might not have had that. But now more and more, they're talking about health and safety. Um, They're talking about, um, business continuity, especially in leadership positions. Some of these buzzwords in the job description are changing. And many companies I'm finding are posting positions that they've never had before. So the jobs themselves are different because they've found that there were these gaps that they didn't realize were there before. And then from the applicant perspective, you know, from what I'm seeing, there's a lot more of them where, you know, some people unfortunately have been let go because of the pandemic. But not only that, some of the um, applicants themselves, they're in positions and they're realizing that, hey, maybe this isn't the company that's going to be able to provide me flexibility because flexibility, again, a lot of people really realized how important that was to them. And unfortunately, some of the companies where they're working didn't step up to the plate, maybe didn't handle that pandemic very well and some of the employee needs. So now some of those employees are looking for places that will be able to help them out. Yeah, no, and and I I totally agree. And this is what my research is is telling me as well. You know, there's going to be a mass flood, a mass exodus of people out of organizations where corporations aren't necessarily meeting their needs and giving them that flexibility. Because I know there's Mm -hmm. a big... There's a big uh, call to come back into the office, to go back to the things, the, the way things were. <laughs> and, you know, that's to me, that's not evolution. That's just kind of going backwards. And it's going to be a really interesting time. So when you were looking at individuals to bring onto your team, you know, speaking to remote work and, you know, having 
um, you know, these, um, these situations where people needed to be working outside of a physical workspace, what were some of the characteristics that you were looking for in those individuals? So I, what I found is, um, and I know a lot of parents, any parents who are listening to this, I, fa- I find that some people are really great working through like virtually and some people just don't have the skill. It is a, a, a unique skill to mm-hmm. be able to still engage employees, keep people interested. And I know the reason I say to parents, I have heard from many parents, oh, my son's teacher is really great. And he loves that teacher virtually, but my daughter's teacher is terrible. And and it's because of the di- it's a different skill that people need when in person versus virtual to really engage people. So, you know, depending on the job I was hiring for, a lot of the times when I've been hiring, you know, in operations, you do need to have people who are willing to come into work because people have to be out at facilities even when there's a pandemic. So there's that, but Mm -hmm. then those, those folks, those remote positions where it's, do they have the personality to engage people whether it's customers, whether it's employees, virtually um, or not, because it is a different skill. So um, with that pandemic, it certainly helped us in seeing that, you know, yeah, this isn't all just the same. It's not just log in and do your thing. You've got to have that engaging, you know, ability to, or the ability to engage folks. Yeah. So, and, and just so I could play it back, make sure I'm hearing it correctly. I'm communicate. I'm going to sum it down to just communication. Effective communication is key, especially in this work environment, being able to actively engage people and bringing people into the fold. Uh, and if you're not good at communication, you're going to be in trouble, <laughs> right? And, you know, as you were looking at some of these applicants, how do they bring that forward? How do they give you a good sense that, com- that they had a good handle on communication? Well, honestly, now as I think you know, John, that a lot of the recruitment is done online. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the candidate shows us this online and how well they are. I mean, you know, certainly when I was doing interviews throughout the pandemic, there are people who really had difficulty even getting their Zoom meeting to work. Um, and so those were some folks that we had to kind of really think about, like, is this something that's going to work out for us because everything was going online? Um, but there's also that personality. You can really, whether it's in person or virtually, you can feel it. And yeah. you're absolutely right. It is communication and understanding how important it is because people aren't in the office seeing you where that automatically triggers communication. You've got to have that you know, kind of go-getter who just knows the importance of it. Yeah. So, so what I'm hearing is, you know, as you're doing your actual interview for your roles, you got to make sure your tech is working. So whether you're using Zoom or Teams or one of the other uh, meeting platforms, you got to know your stuff. You got to be, you know, it's important that everything is working and then being able to get yourself or, or bring your true self across when it comes to having those conversations, making I'm going to use a term a good friend of mine uses all the time. And she says, you know, making that human connection with people. So when you're interviewing these folks, what are you looking for specifically? So I know we talked about communication at a high level, but what are you looking for when, when you're in the interview process with them? You know, whether you're hiring for 
um, you know, a management type position or a lower level than a management type position? What are you looking for mm -hmm. specifically? Yeah, I think the, like, obviously the, 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 the skills, we always look at that, you know, do they have the skills? Do they have the experience? Those kinds of things everybody knows about. Um, but really what we're looking for is that attitude, the communication, you know, with the amount of turnover these days, it's also looking for, does this person just want a job or do they want to work in my company and my job? I'm looking for somebody who knows what they've applied to, not just someone who has a mass applied and they're not actually sure who they're speaking to, but they know about the company. They want to work for my company and my department and this job that I've posted. And that really needs to come out in the interview because I do find that there's a lot of folks who are just detached and they're just, yeah, yeah I just need something. Um, and that can come out in the interview process. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard that from recruiters as well, right? Where they will be calling a candidate and the candidate say, well, who is this? What company is this? And what position is this for? <laughs> I think as a candidate, you should know all that information. It shouldn't be somebody else on the phone telling you <laughs> because you've done your research, right? And, and, and you know, as I'm hearing, there's a, a couple of different things that are coming out. Number one is passion. Uh, you, yeah. you definitely have to have, have passion for the type of work that you're doing. The other part that I'm hearing is you have to do your research. So how important is it for you to, you know, when you're connecting and meeting with, with talent, I'm going to call them talent, um, how, is it, how important is it for you to get that sense, they have a good sense of the organization and the company and the culture and all those things. It is really important to me, John, as a hiring manager, I find it, I, I always ask, you know, what do you know about the company and why did you apply for this role? I, I want to know that, you know, I don't, you know, sadly I've had, you know, responses such as, well, the pay seems good. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it's close to my house. So the, <laughs> those kind the answers mean that you're not going to stick around for long because if the pay is better somewhere else or if it's somewhere is closer to your house you're got you're gone i need someone who's going to be committed to my organization and to this position and and that passion you're right like to be able i want to be able to hear and see that they are excited about this yeah. And, and I think when you are excited about something, it doesn't matter if you're face-to-face -face or virtual or just over the phone. You can hear it. You can see it. And um, you can certainly know when it's not there as well. Yeah. No, definitely. And, and I'm definitely sensing that, you know, and, and this isn't just you. Like, I've gotten this from a lot of people that I've interviewed where, you know, that passion, that that desire to want to work for a particular organization is just as important mm -hmm. as your, as your hard skills. Right. And Absolutely. if you can't bring that across, like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, it's close to my house. Uh, that's why I want to work here. Well, <laughs> you know, for those of you that are listening and, you know, maybe some of you have used that in the past recommendation is don't use that in the future. Cause I don't even think, you know, given where we are, and I know a lot of organizations are, in the midst of trying to decide whether or not they're going to bring people into the office again, right? Because there's, you know, mm -hmm. big organizations like Google are talking about it. I know organizations yeah. like Shopify are already saying, you know, we're, we're going to keep our workforce remote, you know, indefinitely. There's no return date at this point, right? So, right. Um, so from, from that perspective, you know, 
what would be one of those key skills from, from being able to be working remote? What, what are you looking for? What are you looking to capture as you're going through the interview uh, to, to really get a good understanding that they're good to work independently? You know, that's sometimes tough to capture, John, because, you know, if someone um, is doing it well, they're doing an interview where there's no distractions, they're sitting, they told everyone, you know, do not bother me, they've got their phone somewhere else, so they're doing it well. But that isn't always reality. And mm-hmm. so this that is really tough because, you know, in regular situations, I don't know when your school might be you know, have a have an outbreak and now your kids are at home with you and those are distractions. And so as an employer, you've got to be understanding that all of these things could happen and you're really hiring this person because of that passion. You know that they want to work. They've got the skills and experience, but you really can't predict, you know, every situation. <laughs> and that, that has been proven to us over the past year and a half where, we, we weren't able to predict any of that. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, honestly, I was ready to go back to work in two weeks when I first heard in March of 2020. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been a crazy ride over the past year and a half. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I think we've just really got to understand as hiring managers that, you know, whether you're in person, whether you're remote, there are going to be things that are unpredictable. And we just have to to trust our employees and make sure that we're doing the best we can in the hiring, ask the right questions in the hiring to try and get um, as much information as we can. But I really think it goes back to that passion and to that, you know, that person wanting to work for you and your company. Yeah. No, and I I mean, go ahead. What I was going to say was that it's not just about the, the candidate applying you know, after you've hired somebody, you have a lot of work to do to keep that person too, keep them engaged and ensure that they want to keep working with you because, you know, people's expectations are, you know, a lot different than they were before. They want, you have to work as an employer to keep that person for as long as possible. Yeah, no, and, and I'm, I'm definitely getting that sense, you know, company culture has to shift. It's not even, mm-hmm. it, you know, sh- you know, whether or not it needs to consider shifting to something new, it definitely has to shift in order, like you said, to, to retain talent. So from, from yeah. a talent retention perspective, what are some of the things that you used to do to, to, to kind of keep, you know, your team engaged? Cause I, you know, to give sense to a candidate, you know, these are the type of things you should be looking for as you're interviewing the employer what were some of those those key benefits that you know that you used to provide to, to individuals to keep them engaged and, and, and active and passionate with the work that we, they were doing? Well, I think it starts right from the hiring process, John. I've heard from so many candidates and, and people who I have mentored how terrible the hiring process can be, mm-hmm. where you know they're waiting weeks on end to hear back from people, they're sending emails, they're and, and they're getting nothing. Um, and so I think it starts right with the hiring process and making a great impression on the person that you want to hire. And so it is showing that professionalism, getting back to people, understanding how they're feeling. But then what, even when you're ready to hire, you know, put that personal touch. Don't let it be HR sending the email. 
you know, I always like to call the candidate myself and let them know, hey, you know, we are, we're really excited about meeting with you and we want to have you on our team. Are you still interested? And they're super excited to hear. And then HR can, can go ahead and do that, the piece that they need to do. But I put in that personal connection. And then with the onboarding, gosh, I have heard horror stories of onboarding from many people over the past number of months that with it being, you know, virtual in some companies, that is that I guess the level of, of service provided to that new um, employee has really declined. So I personally find that it's so important to work with that candidate, make that onboarding experience the best that you possibly can. And then, of course, that that's got to continue. It can't just stop after week one or week two. It's those constant connections, coaching sessions, and helping that employee feel that they are valuable to you because they are. Yeah. Right. And they have choice today, right? So a lot. (laughs) And, you know, I've even heard where, um, you know, individuals who do get into a role, um, they start going through the onboarding practice, you know, the onboarding process. And it's not, like you said, it's not very good. And they end up leaving before they even start day one, just because of the way onboarding is set up. So it's, you know, for candidates that are out there listening, and actually, I want to get your perspective on this, because I think this would be interesting. How would Mm -hmm. you feel if a candidate or a talent asked you, you know, what's your onboarding process like? Like, would oh, you- I think that that's absolutely a great question, um, yeah. especially with the way things are now. I, I would welcome that question and I would understand that question again, because I, I mentor folks and I know people who have gone through exactly the situation that you just spoke about, John, where, you know, they're there and they're, you know, I don't even really want to work for this company anymore because of how they're treating me through the hiring <laughs> process. I was excited at first but now it's like really this is how the company works um and so no if somebody's asking that question i would completely understand and i would provide them with the answer to the question because i think i i know why they're asking it and i think it's fair for them to ask it before they start with the company yeah actually i'm gonna have to add (laughs) that question to my list of interview prep questions (laughs) or interview questions you should ask in an interview uh, as yeah. a as a talent, because I think it's incredibly important. Because you know, it, it's this you know, just like you're doing your research, a candidate's doing a research about the organization. Um, yep. Understanding their onboarding practice, like their onboarding process, is really going to affect how you integrate into the organization right away. So, yeah, so I would to- I would add onboarding and and training. Even they mm. could they could call out training because I have also seen a number of, of uh, posts as well as um, spoken to folks about, you know, I didn't get training. I was just told to reach out to people and ask some questions <laughs> if I had some. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, and, you know, and to tell you the truth, as a, as a former hiring manager, you know, years ago, that that was my practice, right? I would say, yeah, I'll connect you, you know, day one, you kind of walk somebody through the office, you introduce them to people. And then it's like, okay, I'm busy now. I got to go back to my job. So the recruitment process is done. If you need information, go talk to this person, this person, and this person, and they'll guide mm-hmm. you through the rest of the way. But today that's number one, that's not even possible. You can, it's possible because you can call somebody, 
but they too have schedules and it's, it's gotta be different today. Right. Like I, I just, it just, you just brought me back to a moment where I was reminiscing around, you know, the way I used to do it. And that wasn't very effective either. So, <laughs> and it would just take me longer to onboard. Cause one of the, the new things that I'm hearing and the expectation from employers is that you got to be hitting the ground running on day one. There's no more, there's no more of this three month type of leeway of integrating into organizations. It's you got to integrate right away. And it, so is that something that was true for you when you were in the process of bringing people in? You know, um, it was true for me when I was hired into positions that my leaders felt wanted me to hit the ground running. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself, I think this is something it actually it takes me to another point, if you don't mind me going a little bit off track. But to answer yeah. this question, John, um, what I find is, you know, hit the ground running. A lot of candidates, one of the mistakes a candidate does is because of this hit the ground running mentality, they're looking at job postings and saying, I don't have 100% of the skills, I shouldn't apply. And I, I find that that's a really common mistake that candidates should understand that it's not only about the skills when a hiring manager is hiring, they are looking for the attitude. And a hiring manager can make concessions on the skills if you've got the right attitude and the passion and you've done your research. And so, um, you know, I wanted to kind of do that, you know, take that little um, side swipe with you because of the fact that I think that candidates need to know that 100% of the skills doesn't mean that's the only job you apply for. 80% of the skills, 75%, but you've got the right attitude and you've got the passion and you really want to work at this company, make sure you're applying because you could be the top candidate, even though you don't have the top skill. Yeah, and that's a great point. So I like it, you said around 75, 80%, if you have that much, I even, I've even heard less, right? Like some, mm-hmm. some, of the, some of the folks that I've interviewed, they said even 60, 65% is sufficient. Yeah. Because right? you just gotta make up the rest. So, so this is a question, right? Because a, a lot of these resumes are being submitted through an application tracking system that uses algorithms and keywords to filter people out. Um, And sometimes they don't make it to you, right? Because they don't have 100% or 80% or 75% of the skills. What's another way a candidate can still apply to those roles and still connect with you personally? Well, uh, you know, referrals is always, you know, important. Pandemic, no pandemic, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, and right now, referrals are really important because, you know, if you know someone in the company who's working in that company or know somebody who knows me as I'm the hiring manager, it's always a good thing to say, Hey, can you put my resume, send my resume over to that hiring manager? And I know there's a lot of folks who feel like, Oh my gosh, I would rather die <laughs> than do that. Um, but really that is how a lot of the jobs are, are, um, acquired is by those referrals because yeah there's hundreds of people applying for positions and your resume might not make it through however if somebody says hey i know this person you should interview them now it's just made it through yeah um and so that those referrals and those contacts and that networking 
is really, really important because you're right, computer systems, those tracking systems can weed out some good candidates. Yeah, no, and, I, and I'm glad you brought that up because I know this is one of the things that we were talking about before we even started this call, but just mm -hmm. the importance of connecting with your network, networking, you know, a lot of people think of networking as a, as a dirty, bad thing, and it's, it's not, <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Networking is uh, it's just another way of making a connection with somebody. And ultimately, you know, whether it's a resume, a cover letter, a LinkedIn profile, or a phone call, it's the human connection that you're trying to make. And if you can make that yeah, connection, that's, that's when yeah. things change. So you wanted to add something? Yeah, what I was going to say is I, I, I find that it's not that people find that it's bad, but it's scary. And so reaching out, like, I don't want to feel like I'm asking for jobs. And, and you shouldn't. When you're connecting with people and networking with people, you shouldn't be saying, hey, I need a job. It's, you know, hey, I'm applying for different roles. Um, can you tell me what it's like to work at your company? Yeah. And, and so that it's, it's about how you do it. Uh, so I think people are just nervous because they feel like, ah, I'm asking somebody for a job. If you're doing it that way, I can see why you, it would be a bit scary, but, but by just connecting to people, building that connection, that relationship, asking them um, information about things, not for a job, but information could be advice about something. Those things are great to do um, when you're reaching out to different contacts. It does not have to be and shouldn't be about, hey, can you get me a job over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. And and I kind of go back to you know the analogy I use quite a bit in workshops. It's it's like you know asking somebody for a job that you don't know is like going up to a stranger on the street and asking them for a thousand dollars. Like, right. you, you know, you would never do that because you would say, well, that just doesn't make sense. It's the same approach. So those of you that are listening, just going out and asking people for jobs without building any rapport, any relationship with them. It's remember, it's like asking a stranger for a thousand dollars and you know, the answer to that one already. So, cause you would not mm -hmm. give somebody a thousand dollars if they were just strangers for you. Um, so yeah, exactly. it was, you definitely got to build that relationship first. And you know, that's a big part of it. And I'm, I'm glad you touched on that because, and even though it was a bit of a, you know, a sidestep, but I think it's an important one because I think, you know, if, if individuals can think of their job search and think of regardless of title. And I think, the part where people get scared, just kind of building on what you spoke about, um, just treat them like people, right? A yeah. CEO is a person. A CFO is a person. A VP, vice president of organization is a person. Mm -hmm. So just treat them like people, right? And I think there's a lot of stigma around that in terms of, you know, oh, I can't talk to that person. They're like four or five levels, mm -hmm. especially for a lot of newcomers, right? People from outside the country who are here, who've worked in environments where you never did that right and i yeah. think this is the, the beauty of the canadian work environment is you can go to anybody as long as they're open to it and if they're you know if they've got um some sort of you know social presence and they're active on their social presence whether it be linkedin facebook or some other channel uh just speak to them right because if they're open to sharing their ideas and their thoughts then that means they're approachable. That's the way I see it. And I would guess it would be the same for you, right? You know, if somebody connected oh. with you directly, actually, and this is a question, let's, let's ask you the question, have you ever been approached directly by a candidate and have you ever turned them away or not responded to them? 
You know, it, it depends on what it is and how they approach me, John. And so if someone is saying, again, uh, can you get me this job? <laughs> and there's a job that's posted and I'm the hiring manager. You know, that is it's something where they everybody's got to go through the process. And I don't know you and you're saying, can you get me a job? So somebody who does that, yes, I, I will turn them away. I'll let them know that I'm sorry. You know, I can't get you a job. You'll need to go through this process. I don't know you. <laughs> um, however, there's also people who reach out and say, you, you know, um, I'd like to connect with you because I see that you have helped other newcomers to Canada and I'd like to get some advice. Or, you know, you helped my friend. Can you help me out as well? Um, can you do mind looking at my resume? And, you know, on LinkedIn, it's, you know, it's a good thing and a bad thing. You don't want to just connect with someone and not say anything. Use a generic connect. If you are looking for help, let that person know because, you know, for, I I believe that a large portion of people really like helping others, want to help others. And I know for myself, it's honestly the best part of my day is when I can help someone else do anything, anything and everything. And so if someone's reaching out saying, you help with this? Can I, I see this experience that you have? Can you help me with this? I'm going to say at least 80% of people that you reach out to are going to say, sure, let me help you out. <laughs> and so it's that approach that you take that will make sure that you're not turned away. Yeah. And you guys heard it here, right? So for the audience members that are listening to this, you can reach out, you know, and in mm-hmm. most cases, and I'm with you and you, you know, my firm belief is, you know, People just want to help other people. I don't think they're not everybody wants to help everybody. So, you know, just be cautious of that. But I think, you know, what you said, 80 to maybe even 90% of people want to help. So, and it comes down to your approach. And if you have an approach, and I'm just going to go with, you know, some of these words, sincere and authentic and genuine and vulnerable. Like I'm all, I heard that, you know, as you were speaking, the one thing that kind of popped up to me is that vulnerability just to say, Hey, you know what, I'm looking for some assistance. Would you able, would you be able to just even provide some feedback on something? Um, And if you could do that, that just goes to your character. And it also demonstrates how you're going to be in the work environment too, right? When you're struggling with something, you're not going to hide it or, you know, tuck it away somewhere. You're going to bring it up to the forefront and deal with it. And I think there's a lot, there's a lot that gets, uh, there's a lot to be, um, oh man, I'm lost for words here. Um, there's a lot to, to uh, I can't uh, remember. I don't know what to just showing that you are comfortable asking those questions, yeah. I think, John, because, you know, I, I, I think you're right in that some cultures feel that by asking leaders questions shows, you know, that you're insecure, you don't know anything, um, and they, it's that negative connectivity, whereas, honestly, I find that in Canada, by asking those questions, I, I want people to ask the questions. I'd much rather them ask the questions, feel comfortable asking those questions, because it shows strength. Yeah. Um, and it shows that they want to do it right. And so that shows care and strength and that they are, again, it goes back to that. I'm passionate. I want to do it right. If I, if you tell me once I've got it and I won't have to ask you again. And, and I've learned from it. And, um, I think that's super important. Yeah, no, it definitely speaks. I think the word I was looking for before was character and it speaks to character a lot. Right. So, 
And that's something mm-hmm. you can't make up. And that's not something that you can hide. Uh, it's yeah. just who you are, right? So, right. so this, has been, this has been fantastic. And as we start to wrap up, if there's one piece of advice that you would give to a talent that's looking for an opportunity today, what would be that one thing? Uh, I would say apply. You know, don't sell yourself short. There are jobs out there. And if you've got that attitude and you know you've got the attitude to succeed, then, you know, let other people see you. Let other people see you and apply for those positions. Um, I know, again, being a person of color, that there are many people of color who said, I'm not going to get that leadership role anyway. Why bother applying? Times are changing. Please apply for positions. Um, because if you don't apply, you're not even starting. Yeah. So you guys heard it here. Just apply. <laughs> Just apply, apply, but do your work, do your research, and do it in a way that's intelligent. I want to use the word intelligent. And that just means, you know, doing your research, getting a really good understanding of the organization, the market that you're looking for, and just know them and then just apply, right? Don't hide and then network with folks. And I guess I'm summing up what we're talking about, but uh, apply and then network. And then that's the other big part of it. So Anu, if if individuals wanted to, you know, if some of the listeners wanted to to get a hold of you or learn more about you, where could they go for that? They can certainly go to my LinkedIn profile. And again, if you're reaching out and you need some help or information or assistance, please don't hesitate. I'm, I would love to help you out in any way that I can. Excellent. But it's the best part of my day. <laughs> I will. That, that is awesome. And that's refreshing. And thank you for sharing that. Uh, so for those of you that are listening, I will include Anu's link to her LinkedIn profile in the show notes. So you can quickly connect with her there. Uh, and with that, I just want to say thank you, Anu, for your time today. It's been great speaking with you and just, you know, getting some insights in terms of what candidates need to do. Uh, and, you know, I have like two pages of notes here with me. So uh, I know that the uh, the audience members are probably taking away several notes as well. So thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, John. It's been such a pleasure. And I, I hope that I hear from some of the folks who are listening to the call today. Yeah, no, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. <laughs> you might be like, oh man, look at all these people connecting with me, but I know they will. Uh, so thank so thank you. And um, thank you everybody for listening in to this episode of the podcast. Wishing you all a great one. Talk to you all soon. Take care. Take care.